Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. You've reached Peggy S. Emanese's talk show. Signs our loved ones send us, and I'd like to wish you all a very happy Passover and Easter. And I'd like to announce my uh, special guest tonight. His name is August Goforth. He's the author of The Risen. He's a licensed psychotherapist in private practice in New York City. He's also an intuitive mental and psychophysical spirit medium. Timothy Gray was a writer, editor, and photographer in New York City until he made his transition to his present Risen existence in the early 1990s. When two spirit teams known to them as the Risen Collective and the Risen Assembly, they assisted in writing and manifesting a book called The Risen, Dialogues of Love, Grief, and Survival Beyond Death. 21st century report reports from the afterlife through contemplative, intuitive, and physical mediumship. August does not utilize his medium, medium mystic, um, sorry, medium mystic abilities for therapy sessions, nor does he work as a professional medium to give readings for others. This is a professional bias, as well as his personal choice. And he may serve as an example for other therapists who might be misguided to inappropriately use medium mystic abilities in their work. However, he believes there will be an eventual spiritual evolution of humanity as enriched by risen contact, whereby the various human therapies will all successively and appropriately be able to utilize mediumistic abilities for healing purposes. August is currently working on a new book with the risen about grief and bereavement. He's also been a guest on Coast to Coast, Forever Family Foundation, Hay House Radio with 
Eldon Taylor, Late Night with Pete Price, Curious Times, and many others. And if you want to learn more about August, uh, please visit www.therisenbooks.com. Okay, uh, before I welcome August to the show, as you also know, I am an author. I wrote the book, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug, and I talk about my spirituality and signs my loved ones send me. Um, so I'm going to bring on uh, my co-host now, Melissa, who is the editor of my book, and um, then we'll bring August on. Hold on one second, please. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hello, Peggy. How are you? Good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. How was your week? Oh, fantastic as usual. As you know, I pulled my arm out last week, but we won't talk about that. It's healing, but uh, we're going to go on with the show, as they say. And I'm very excited about our guest tonight, August Goforth. Uh, You know, we spoke of his book, The Risen. And, of course, you know, we're going to see that movie tomorrow night, um, Heaven is for Real. And it's kind of along the lines my show and my books and some of the things August talks about with uh, Timothy Gray. And uh, we're going to bring August on now and let us tell, it, tell us uh, about himself, okay? That sounds so, great. Hold on Can we to meet him? Me neither. Okay, hold on, please. <laughs> okay. Good evening, August. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing great. Hi, August. Fantastic. Hi. August, this is Melissa, uh, like I told you, the editor of my book and my co-host. And, um, you know, she's really into, to, um, you know, the uh, transitioning of uh, our loved ones. And, and, and uh, most people, a lot of, I guess, call it death. <laughs> but uh, we actually transition. We truly never die. So would you uh, like to tell us something about yourself and your growing up, where you're from, and what you did before you wrote your books and became a, um, a psychotherapist? So. I'm going to view the, uh, the the carpet now. Well, it won't be for – I don't have too much to share about that. Um, I feel like I've lived enough lives, uh, four or five people. I've had a very long, um, interesting, curious, strange life. I've had several careers um, since I was a child, actually. I was born and raised in a very remote area of northern Appalachia um, on the east coast of the United States and lots and lots and lots of wilderness and woods and not very many people. Um, so I have a, still continue a very strong connection to animals and to nature. And um, how I got from there to New York City uh, probably would make a great movie, is anyone's guess. Um, would you like to share it with us, or or whatever you'd like to share? Well, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think the idea is best expressed in the word orchestration, which I use a lot, and you probably heard in, in spirit matters, where um, because of my my connection with spirit people, or what I I call the risen, um, since I was a child, they've orchestrated so many things in my life to lead me to where I am now. So my becoming a psychotherapist, um, my writing the book, my developing my mediumship, everything practically is, when I look back at it, I could see it was carefully orchestrated. Um, And because I'm very intuitive, I was able to answer what I call a calling. So I had a calling to be a psychotherapist, which just does not happen overnight. And I had a calling to be a medium. Um, which also takes a lot of time 
and training and also a calling to do this book with Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I um, both of my grandmothers, I would say, were mediums. We didn't use that word uh, around um, at all in the families, but my grandmother, one grandmother was one of ten sisters, and each had a special gift, and we talked about those gifts. One had a gift for healing, one had a gift for casting spells, and one had a gift for weather. Um, my other grandmother, very devout Irish Catholic, was considered a saint in the village uh, where I grew up. Um, also would go, I heard stories about how she would go into trance at the kitchen table at certain times of the day, and she would pull out a little book and write what uh, my father and aunts would call poetry. But when I saw the book and I looked at it, I realized it wasn't poetry. She was doing spirit writing, direct writing um, that was very inspirational. So, wow. wow. Um, whether she we have a little, little can I exactly stop you what that I... was, uh, yeah, I, I do have the Skype on. Also, maybe the Skype finally kicked in. So we're getting like double. Um, do you have the Skype hooked up also or not? No. Or, or maybe the show on in the background? or Yeah, because that's usually what happens because it's like a few second delay and I can hear us talking. So. Uh-huh. Well, let me see if I'll just turn off the computer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll try that and see because I'm getting like a double echo and... I want people to hear what you have to say because I'm really psyched about having you on the show. Yeah, it's amazing. There we go. Oh, no, I heard an echo still. Yeah, he was trying to Skype the show. As usual, he had a problem. Yeah. Oh, is that? No. That sounds better see. on my end. Yeah, it sounds better so far here. Right? I don't hear my... Yeah. Um, voice coming through, but I don't want to waste time with that. So continue, yeah. um, as, far, as far as the spiritual writing, which we understand, Melissa also happens to do some, uh, when we, we do our readings, which we never planned on doing on the show, she does the, uh, I don't normally get channeled when people come through that have transitioned, but Melissa yeah. actually does spiritual writing, so can yeah, you tell pictures. us more? pictures, <laughs> pictures and writing. Right, so I, I believe that that's what my one grandmother was doing. Um, because the, the writing, she wasn't, you know, a well-educated person in, in those days, and so, but she was writing some pretty interesting things. Um, it was recognized that I had some kind of gifts, that people just took it as normal. They didn't try to make me feel special in any kind of way and just normalized it. I had a lot of what you would call um, imaginary friends, which were really people right. in the spirit that I saw all the time, and I... It wasn't that my family humored me. They actually allowed me to have extra places at the table set for my spirit friends, or they would hold the door open for them, and they, they were very um, polite and considerate in that way. And um, I never realized until maybe in my late 20s that these imaginary friends were not regular people. I would mm-hmm. see them all the time, um, but later I remember that they would never talk they would often come to large family dinners and they would sit around. The way the houses were set up, you had the dining table and the big room and then chairs that were set along the outside walls. Um, right. And I would see these people still in their coats and hats sitting in the chairs and watching us eat. And were they I always adults or children? Were they yeah. adults? Or? They were adults. Uh-huh. 
And later on, when I went through some old boxes of family photographs, I recognized these people and would ask my parents, you know, who is this person? They said, oh, that's your uncle so-and-so or great-uncle so-and-so. He passed a long time ago. So I I recognized that these were people who were around me. And um, they – so when I was a small child living alone in this huge Victorian house in the middle of nowhere, very gothic, um, I would have direct voices speaking to me at night. Mm -hmm. As soon as the lights went out, and the door was shut, then they would start talking right. to me, and they would sing me songs, and they would tell me stories. Um, they taught me to read. They would – it looked like sort of a Kindle book that was lit up, hovering mm-hmm. in space, over, and they would read me stories, because I wanted to learn how to read, and so they taught me how to read, and they would read me stories and make me what, laugh. What age were you, like three, four, or two? Three? I mean, do you recall when it all started? Or? Um, it would have been around the age of – from the ages of two to four when most of that was happening. Mm-hmm. And then when the next child came along um, and I had to share a room with my brother, then the phenomenon right. wasn't as strong, although we had an awful lot of um, uh, psychic phenomenon together in our room as we, as we grew up as we were teenagers. Now, you also came from a large family, right? Was it one of seven or eight? Um, yeah, one of eight. Right. And um, my the brother that was born, my third brother, was born with um, physical birth defects that were so severe that he only lived for ten days. But he oh gosh, has yeah. um, been in my life ever since. He's he made himself known to me about uh, ten years ago, and mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was. I saw this. I saw this this um, clairvoyantly. This little boy, about twelve years old very serious mm-hmm. and very intense. It's almost like he didn't really have a sense of humor. It was kind of odd. And I didn't... Really? He looked, he looked so familiar to me. And then um, it, I didn't figure out who he was until I saw a dog jump up on his lap, and it was one of my dogs that I had had as a child. And then I saw three or four other dogs come in. So he's been mm-hmm. taking care of all of our dogs the entire time. It's wow. Too. Yeah. Well, you do you agree? And I've also found... Um, with my losses and what have you, that um, um, there's jobs on – what do you refer to? I mean, I know you call it uh, transitioning. On, do you consider it heaven or the other side or just another extension of earth? Uh, uh, what do you consider um, where they go? I, I know um, going through your book uh, that you, you talked about different levels of um, existence and different, you know, whether it be planets or what have you. What, what, what is your uh, hypothesis of, uh, of it all? Well, um, all of the above, basically, because okay. we, we all try to find some kind of language to describe the nearly indescribable. And so you come across groups of people that, that um, qualify it in terms of levels, like someone goes to level one, level two, level three. Um, right. There aren't really like any different levels, tiers of, uh, per se, tiers of existence. Tiers. Tiers? Yeah. Right. Um, but it seems to me now, as science and religion are finally merging back together and we're starting mm-hmm. to find a common language that unites science with religion or with spirituality, right. um, that we're finding the word dimension to seem to be the most appropriate kind of way to conceptualize where we are, where anyone else is, so that there's many, many dimensions. Um, mm-hmm. th- they have all different kinds of qualities. They interpenetrate one another. 
since there is no time and space, as quantum mechanics has shown us to be true, that, you know, like where your loved ones are, where my brother is, where Tim is, they're where we mm-hmm. are now, which is the present. So people are right. much more, we're, people in spirit are much more accessible than we realize. Well, I, find, I, I personally believe the veil between the, the world or several worlds are, is lifting. Um, the veil has gotten very thin, where you're seeing more of people like when I discovered my gifts in 1962, no one talked about really mediumship or, you know, because I grew up in a very Christian household, Episcopalian, dad worked for the mm-hmm. church, and, you know, there was, you didn't, you know, practice certain things, you didn't, and I, I, I grew up thinking I was nuts and playing in, in, in layman's terms, I I, I, I was afraid most of my life, you know, when I had uh, things, visions, or or, or um, per- perceptions, you know, uh, and, and 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 different things happening to me, and and uh, kind of foreseeing things in the future, and I was like, it used to freak me out, and I I grew up feeling very odd, different, you know, and I kind of mm-hmm. became a comedian to kind of joke around it because it's like, does everybody else feel this or am I crazy or, you know? Um, so it's, I think now what I mean by the veil lifting that you have TV shows like, you know, Teresa Caputo and, and, and James, uh, James Van Prague and, and it had other people like John Edwards and that people are more accepting of it now. They are. Oh, what there's, much more aware, yeah. there's much more awareness and education, and because of the way that we can communicate almost instantaneously around the globe, that there's right. a lot of information sharing going on, and um, people are starving for something. There's a lot of fear on the planet right now, and people mm-hmm. are starving for some way out of the fear, for some kind of answers. So I think it, all this is kick-starting a lot of people mm-hmm. to finally stop um, worrying about the next fancy thing they can buy and realizing that they need to turn inward where there is much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Right. I just want to let you know, callers, uh, you can call in at 347-838-9201. Press 1 to get in the queue if you'd like to speak with us. We're going to discuss a few more things before I bring you on. I'm not forgetting you, and I'm going to bring on as many callers to ask uh, August questions or Melissa or myself. Uh, as soon as we get done discussing, I have some notes I've taken on what I've read of the book. I haven't completed it because I, I also counsel other grieving parents, and I had a counseling session today myself for many hours, and so it kind of took me away from the rest of the book, which I can't put down. It's wonderful, wonderful. I love the book. Um, but I did want to ask you one thing I saw in the book uh, was about um, the remote thing and the viewed objects. What, what is the meaning of that exactly um, when you spoke about that in the book? You mean remote viewing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then viewing, viewing the objects. What, what was the meaning behind that or what have you? Well, it, it was a reference to, um, besides the, what we, we call strict mediumship, that there appear to be all kinds of other um, coincidental talents that people, that have been latent people that are coming out. And one of these seems to be, um, you know, like ESP, we used to call it. And so remote viewing right. is something that the military actually was using and Russia was using in teaching people how to more or less clairvoyantly view things from really? a distance. Yeah. Um, wow, that's and quite quite successful too. So you, you can you can Google remote viewing and it has a fascinating mm-hmm. history, um, fascinating people in it. Uh, that 
that is something that I don't feel that I I do as well as I I can with my intuition and my clairvoyance. It's kind of a different different mm-hmm. thing. But who knows? It appears there's no limit to what we actually can do if if we examine our beliefs and and see what we believe we can or can't do. Right. Well, I feel that we all have um, intuitiveness. I mean, we all have to. Maybe you more so than someone else, or mine is different from yours, and Melissa's is different. Melissa and I kind of are like uh, the the twin psychics, where we get things <laughs> happening to us at the same time. And this is where we we didn't realize what was going on until my book was coming out, and things were happening to both of us. Right, mm-hmm. Melissa? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, we started having, like, knocking on – she was in Binghamton University. Uh, you know, she's an editor, um, going to school for, edit, you know, ed- her editing skills and editorial. Uh-huh. And um, so it was like things were happening to her, and it was happening here, me in Lower Westchester, which is miles from where she was. And it's like there was no answer for it until we started getting into the uh, the book and things that were gone. It's like, oh, my God, you know, so we, we really didn't tell each other that we were intuitive until fairly recently, the past, what, year or two, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the past, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like right, she does, like you were talking, go ahead, August, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's the thing, is that until we actually say something mm-hmm. and, and share it with someone that we trust, uh, right. It's going to remain sort of hidden and invisible, and we're going to question whether we're imagining this or it's fantasy or we're crazy or something. But when you actually, with a little courage or a lot of courage, open your mouth and say something to a trusted friend um, mm-hmm. or companion, it brings it more, it solidifies it more and brings it into our world and makes it more of a reality. And it's clear to me over my many years of, of just doing this and working with people as a, as a therapist as well that people experience incredible things every day in their lives, but they don't feel somehow that they're able to find the language or the opportunity to talk about it and, and integrate it into an everyday life. I think our 21st century way of living mm-hmm. now has, excludes a lot of uh, the spirituality. The fear, the being more fearless now than the, yeah, having... The, you and I spoke about the no fear the other day when we talked Sunday, and Melissa and I uh, talk about that all the time. A lot of her things she was doing prior to us doing what we're doing, she she would write she writes poetry, and she would always put the fearless, and my daughter that passed when she was little, she always had a... It was kind of her emblem on cars and everything. It was no fear, no fear. And I'm like, I didn't quite get it until I after my daughter passed, and I'm hearing more about it, and it seemed like they, I felt like my two that passed were like kind of messengers in a way mm-hmm. to teach, bring me to a level to teach others and to bring people like you on that is bringing other, other people to higher levels, and it's kind of like the domino effect in a very positive way, right. you know, and I think that's what it's about, you know. Um, there was a, one other question I wanted to oh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Now, there was another question I wanted to ask you. Um, you had also put in the book about um, uh, mind, uh, what is mind and death of the brain and survival, how the, the brain actually, the physical brain does die with the body, but the actual mind is still – explain that to, to, to our, our audience uh, about how the mind continues on, which, of course, is part of the brain, but the – how, how that keeps going on from, you know, uh, the, from transitioning from um, this this planet to where we go next. Well, um, there's all kinds of theories about that. My um, understanding was stimulated by a well-known scientist named Rupert Sheldrake, who is, has 
um, done a lot of writing and research about something called fields. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we, we know, like, there's such things as electromagnetic fields and radioactive fields and light fields. Right. And most of these are not visible or tangible or audible to us in any kind of way, and yet they exist. And so mm-hmm. um, there, there's, say, there's one group of scientists who for years, materialists, you could call them, that have been trying to find where the heck things are stored in the brain and where the memories are and how to find them. Mm-hmm. And what, what Rupert is saying, what I agree with too, is that the brain isn't storing anything at all. It's, a re- it's like a transmission receiver. It's like a radio. It's a receptor, yeah. A receptor, right. And so mm-hmm. um, because now we've, we've seen amazing stories now of people who have been born with hardly any brain tissue whatsoever and yet they're going to school and graduating from college, and nobody knows that they didn't even have any brain material, very little brain material in their skull. Well, look look at people, died. for example, like Helen Keller. I mean, she had the senses. I mean, she, she couldn't speak. She couldn't commu- But she did things that were amazing. You know, it just goes to show you that the, the I think her soul was more so than the body because the body didn't right. function well, like the rest of us. Well, or pianists uh, that, that are, what, like what you're saying, pianists that get down and they, they, they compose things like Mozart or, or what have you. Yeah. I've seen that happen, too. It's amazing. Sure. Well, in, in Helen's case, she had internal sight. She, her, her clairvoyance, her spiritual sight on the inside, like mm-hmm. when we close our eyes, mm-hmm. we can still see. Hers was you know, mm-hmm. extremely well-developed, and she knew that as well, too, and she could see light. She understood what light was. But to get right. back to the concept of mind, so that... that we feel many people just experience themselves as being encased in in, in flesh, and that we're very limited. That and mm-hmm. not realizing that what we're accessing is our brain is tuning into collective mind to many many more things that extend way out beyond our universe and into many other dimensions. <coughs> and this right. is where intuition comes in because we also um, and there's a theory that every organ in our body is actually resonating to some kind of like a, a lung field or a kidney field or a stomach field out there as well, mm-hmm. too, which con- is constantly informing the organ to keep it healthy right. and something constantly informing our brain. So we have access to tune in um, to much more than, than we realize. And again, unless we talk about this stuff and get some mm-hmm. validation and confirm it, um, it's difficult to accept it. It's also difficult because our technology is not advanced enough to be able to really detect um, a lot of this stuff because it's so very subtle and it's, it's very difficult to detect. Well, wasn't it Einstein? I'm trying to think. You're talking about mind in the brain and how much we use. Wasn't it Einstein had more um, used more of his brain? What is it? The the human brain, being a you know a psychotherapist and having medical knowledge myself. What do we use? What three to four percent of our actual brain? They say, and Einstein used so much more. Or what was the story behind that? Do you have any idea? Or um, I kind of recall hearing something about. Yeah, that. I don't. I mean, it's it's that's what the the common anecdote is, is that we use 1% to 2% of what we're capable right. of right. in our brain. Um, I don't know about Einstein. I know that Einstein realized that he relied a great deal on his intuition and he mm-hmm. relied a great, great deal on his dream life. So he right. would take naps every day and mm-hmm. bring problems with him into these naps and then he, when he would wake up, 
he wouldn't have mm-hmm. intuited the answer in some kind of a way. So he's wow. one of those he's one of those Piscean people that was just extremely dreamy and intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny you should mention that. I wrote something yesterday. I I happened to uh, been a little under the weather, so I took a two hour nap yesterday, and they had this big thing when I woke up on CBS on. Uh, anyone taking naps, uh, it, it shortens the life. And, you know, just like one-minute coffee is good for you, one-minute coffee is bad for you, aspirin's good for the heart, aspirin's not good for the heart, red wine's good, you know, type of thing. And here, like you were saying, that Einstein actually did a lot of his problem-solving while napping. You know, I think uh-huh. a lot of us, I, I don't know if you agree, and I, I would assume you would, that we connect to the other side um, more so, even though, you know, we can while, while you know, fully conscious. Um, but we connect when we're sleeping to the other side. We, we kind of astral plane, is that the word? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there are people who you could call um, sort of like astronauts of the astral, and they've... they've They've mapped out a lot of, of of this in some ways. There's lots of books about there. You know, um, Robert Monroe and um, other people who've who've mapped out um, even certain religious traditions. Some of the Tibetan Buddhist traditions have mapped out the various dimensions mm-hmm. that they've seen it. But yeah, when we fall asleep, um, our conscious mind, our ego mind, has stopped talking and chattering, and yet our subconscious or our unconscious mind is mm-hmm. still very much conscious and learning and playing, and we can leave our body, as it were. And um, But oftentimes, so we do a lot of work and study and play, even while we're asleep. And we go right. and spend a lot of time with our loved ones, our risen loved ones as well, too. Yes, I read that it's in the book, un- too. Yes. Yeah, it's unfortunate that most of us, um, upon awakening, if we even have a little bit of memory of having spent time with them, it fades very, very quickly. And mm-hmm. there, there are ways of training ourselves to retain these memories. But I also think it's almost a protective aspect of the brain or maybe human psychology. And this is from my own mm-hmm. personal experience. That some of the things that I remember upon awakening and where I've been and what I've seen and what I've heard almost get in the way of my being able to go about my normal day that, that mm-hmm. I'm so overwhelmed by them and sometimes I get so sad and so homesick like I don't want to I don't want to wake up you know it's like I'm kind of disappointed yeah, yeah. and I've woken up so um, you'd have to be a pretty strong person to not be dragged down by that level of, of homesickness or depression so I think there's some sort of a psychological component that protects us too because mm-hmm. we have a life we have to get up and feed our kids and drive them to school and go to work we have to be able to right. too, function as know. a human yeah. What are your feelings on this, Melissa? Melissa's going to have to leave early. She has to go to a, actually a Passover dinner tonight, right? Um, so I definitely agree with you on the whole dream process because I keep a dream journal by my bed because uh-huh. there are certain dreams I want to remember, and then there are other dreams that I'm like, ah. <laughs> but I kind of try to understand the psychology behind the dream. Like, why am I yeah. having it? Do I have a fear of something? Is my body trying to protect me against something? And then the good dreams, of course, I love remembering because – I feel like it's the ambitions that we wish to achieve someday. So mm-hmm. I kind of just like looking back and forth to the dream journal to see what, you know, decipher the dreams. So I feel like there's, you know, a couple minutes period of time that your brain does remember what you just dreamt. And yep. if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. <laughs> That's and, and oftentimes, 
Two, it's important to remember that when we wake up and we start remembering the dream, Mm -hmm. we usually remember it backwards. That we're starting really? from the end and we're working our way back to the beginning. We oh, don't go that's back a good to the point. very beginning of the dream. And so I like you're trying to remember it because of our comprehension or Well, it's it's just like yeah, because that's our the line, that shows the linear out the way our brain works in a linear way or how we've been taught right. to use our brain in a linear way. That mm-hmm. it's like telling a story, learning how to tell the story backwards. So when you wake up, the first thing you remember is the last thing that happened in the dream and then you remember yeah. the thing that happened before that. And usually you can't right. remember where it started. Um, mm-hmm. But if there was a way where you could recall the dream more holistically rather um, from the beginning to the end, yeah. you'd have a very different experience and things might make much more sense. Very interesting. Yeah, also the, the the dream, you know, dreams, um, they're very real events in many ways. There's all different kinds of dreams, too, depending on what stage of sleep you're in and how far you are in or out of your body. So some of them may be what I call psychodynamic dreams where we're working out psychological issues on our own, and others we're actually journeying out and meeting other people and discussing things. But when we get back into our day consciousness, um, it's very hard to put dream language into regular, hard, regular conscious language. Like, like it's almost our, our brain doesn't have a dictionary or a thesaurus to try to put the language into correct words. So even though we're writing down as much as we can or speaking to a recorder, we're still now using our daytime brain to try to explain something. Right. That, you know, so it's, you it's find difficult. that happens more during, what do they call it, the REM? Is it REM? Maybe I'm saying the REM, REM cycle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if, if, so if, if people want to try something, it's an experiment, because I think we, I, I call everyone a scientist. I love science because you get to experiment mm-hmm. and, and try and explore, is set some kind of an alarm clock under your pillow, whether it's your cell phone or, or you know, good old-fashioned alarm clock. And mm-hmm. um, if, when you think you're in your deepest set of sleep, which for most people, if they have normal sleep times, would be around 4 or 5 in the morning, <laughs> set an alarm to go off under your pillow, and it will wake you up in the middle of your deepest dreams. And at that point, either make a recording of what you can remember or have some paper and pencil and try to write it down or type it down into your iPad or whatever works best for you. Well, it's funny um, you brought that up. I remember in seventh grade my earth science teacher saying, um, Mr. Fernolf, his name was, telling us, and of course, you know, this is back in the 60s, and telling us that you are your own alarm clock. If you go to bed at night and tell yourself, I am waking up at 5.30, you are going to wake up at 5.30. And I've tried that, and it works. Oh, yeah, I've done that before several times. Yeah, and and what what we're doing there is just what hypnotists do. So when our conscious mind is is going to sleep, which a hypnotist puts the conscious mind to sleep, the subconscious, which Mm -hmm. never sleeps, is highly suggestive. So if you make suggestions to it, it will do anything you tell it to do. It's amazing. So the 1% to 2% of the brain power that we're talking about is the conscious mind. The rest Mm -hmm. of the iceberg that's beneath the water is the subconscious mind. That's the 98 to 99% that we have access to but don't use as much as we could. Right, right. Wow. Now, another sub. actually, we lost one of the callers that was uh, calling in to ask a question. I hope they call back because we will be getting to our question and answer period shortly. Um. You also, in the book, discussed reincarnation and your views on reincarnation. What are your feelings on that? Well, um, 
I don't have any investment in believing in it in any kind of way. It never made sense to me as a child. Um, uh-huh. you know, the, the risen people around me growing up ever talked about it or referred to it. <clears throat> None right. of, I have a huge collection of spiritualism, um, books on spiritualism, three or 400, probably 400 books now, and many of them um, well over 50 years old, and none of them mention reincarnation in that kind of a way. So um, it's, a, it's a difficult subject for people because people, um, it just affords people many ways of uh, rationalizing their fear around death and mm-hmm. their fear of leaving the planet or not seeing their loved ones again. And this goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So it's very embedded in the human consciousness. So it's not something that I really wanted to even tackle because I already had mm-hmm. in my mind that, that we don't reincarnate, we don't come back, um, that if you just look at nature, like nature doesn't run in reverse. Nature just doesn't, like, replant the same seed and the same flower. Right. It replants a new seed and a new flower, which are constantly evolving and moving forward, however slowly. And we're nature, too, so that makes sense to me. So mm-hmm. um, Tim had access to many more written scientists and educators on his side, so he took the entire chapter on reincarnation, which he calls the pastime of reincarnation, mm-hmm. which means it's play. And while we can't actually come back to the actual Earth planet, one of the reasons being is that once we leave this body, the reason we've left the body to begin with is because our spirit bodies have become a higher vibrating um, source of energy, which kind of breaks mm-hmm. out of the caterpillar in a way. We become a butterfly. Well, that's butterfly, funny. That was my definition. That's something we always say, too. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, my definition butterfly. way back with my father. I said, Dad, when he was dying, and he was, I, I think I talked to you about that on Sunday a little bit, about, um, yeah. you know, he, he was a, he worked for the Episcopal Church for years and, and blah, blah, blah. And then toward the end, he's having Jehovah Witnesses coming over on Wednesday, and he's going to uh, um, Baptist Church. He's doing all these things. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, he goes, I want to cover all bases. (laughs) So he looked at me very seriously, and it was a few months before he passed. And he goes, and he, his nickname was Shaky Juice because he always had to be working. Always work. The man works seven days a week. And he goes, what am I going to do over there? I just can't sit around. I said, Dad. He goes, what do you think it's like? I said, look, the body is your caterpillar. Your butterfly is your soul. I said, everything that you felt here, the good from what this is my own educated guess, was that, um, and it was like it was coming from somewhere. Like I was being channeled then. I don't know where the hell it was coming from. But I said, it's like everything that you felt really good here and positive will happen on the other side uh, when we transition. And he just had this peace come over him. And he was like, and then we changed the subject and we started talking about something else. And he's just like, wow, it's like I'm okay now. And all of a sudden, no more Jehovah witnesses and no more that it was very simplified you know the way i and just the way you were just saying it august um you know the the caterpillar going turning into the butterfly you know right we are life is a part of metamorphosis you know right and the metamorphosis is is a complete transformation um that when we're in this now newly higher vibrating state which has allowed us to leave the planet um we would we would have to lower our vibration in some kind of a way to be reborn back on the planet. And that really yeah, goes yeah. against against all known laws of, right. of nature. And also, I think it goes against the law of love and, and laws of compassion <clears throat> as well, too, is that mm-hmm. we, you know, some people sort of 
feel that they don't deserve um, that they have to come back and learn more lessons. And like, we'll never learn all the lessons. Like, this planet really is just a birthplace. It's just to get our feet, um, to get our our sense of, of gravity and just to start. Mm-hmm. We're just babies on the planet. And then we'll move on. You know, we have infinity. One of the most important things that um, I'm emphasizing in the book on grief, and mm-hmm. which I've learned for myself, is that when we can actually come to grips and realize and actually feel the truth of our own immortality that we actually are we're not going to become immortal beings after we transition we already are immortal beings right now if you can feel this sense of immortality it Mm -hmm. suddenly fear just dissolves fear dissolves you say okay i don't have to fear anymore i know that i'll I'll be on and on on. Mm-hmm. There you go, yeah. Melissa, with the fearless. You know, no there's your explanation yeah. why we keep bringing up this word. Uh, would you mind if we took a, a caller, and then we're going to go back and talk more about Tim. Uh, okay. Is that okay with you? Okay, so I'm gonna, this caller's been waiting for 50 minutes, and they wanted to come okay. on. I said, oh, actually, no. I don't know if they do or not, because um, oh, the one that wanted to come on dropped it. I'm going to check and see, okay, because we've had some hard feelings, so let's see. Okay. Hello, caller, ending in 0721. Did you want to speak to us? Hello. Hello? Hello? Yes, who am I speaking with? Uh, Could I have a first name? Um, Sky. My name is Sky. Oh, that's pretty. Hi, Sky. Oh, hi, Sky. How are you? Hi. Um, And, Sky, where are you from? I know who it is. Um, What uh, part of the uh, uh, state do you live in? States. And I live in the Great Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly who you are. How are you? And, you, of course, you I'm know August. August. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Hi. Hi. Good to hear you. <laughs> Good to hear y'all's voices. Yeah, I was just listening. I, I couldn't get into chat with the computer being down. So oh. I've just been sitting here enjoying everybody's conversation. Oh, fantastic. Would you like to add uh-huh. anything to the show? Um, well, I just think that y'all brought up uh, Albert Einstein, and it also uh, kind of chimed in with uh, Tesla. Mm-hmm. Tesla, uh, Tesla. Uh-huh. was doing multidimensional work and uh, would actually bring that knowledge back into this realm. And uh-huh. I always thought mm-hmm. that Tesla was a very, very interesting person. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh yeah, I just love everything y'all are talking about. Of course I do. I, I, I love it. Well, Sky, Sky, I wanted to thank you because you actually are the person that brought August to me. Thank you very much. That's oh, great. you're welcome. Oh, I, I, I love August very much. And, well, we had a long, we, we started on a short conversation on Sunday, and we got a little deep, and I thought it was great, and I just felt very comfortable with you, August, and uh, um, so interested in your work and your books and your, your upcoming books mm-hmm. and Tim, and it's just amazing, you know, uh, how we all connect with one another. Um, you know. Yes. So could I ask Kai a question, Sure, go ahead. That's the word talk radio. Say whatever you want. <laughs> so my, my question, Sky, is is that I know um, that you have read our book um, a lot and you like it a lot, but I, I was just wanted to get a sense of are there certain aspects of the book that stand out for you that have helped you in some kind of way and what they might be? Absolutely. Uh, what, I, what I've always loved uh, very much and uh, 
is that each chapter brings its own vibration um, mm-hmm. to the table for me because I can read one chapter and go into meditation and have a totally different experience and a greater understanding of that experience when I go back and read the chapter again. Uh-huh. So it's been a wonderful guidebook for me in that aspect. Also, because of the different vibrations with the chapters, I can read some of the experiences that you've had with Tim, and then I have the same experiences within me. Uh-huh. And I love that. It's almost <coughs> like I can't explain it any better than that. It's like yeah. the chimes and the bells. And <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so somehow um, I'm glad you said that because um, the book was designed by the Risen, not by me, to stimulate the reader's spiritual abilities in some kind of way, like to raise the vibration or shake it up a little bit. And it seems to actually do that, um, that people have reported that there's just something about it where it, it, you know, and maybe that's like with any inspirational reading that it just inspires people, but there's something about the way that they designed it that it's to kind of stimulate certain spiritual qualities that might be sleeping or latent or validating for you in, in ways but then I've also had people um, say, no, it didn't do anything for me. I didn't, didn't get it at all. Um, it's just a piece of crap. <laughs> but yep. uh, This is also uncensored and unplugged. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Howard, I, I call myself the Howard Sternet of radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll let you down there. Um, okay, thanks. But it's always good to hear, I, I love hearing from people just about their personal experiences um, in and around the book as well, too. I know the physical book was designed for this. I know there's a Kindle edition, and, and I don't know how, if um, the same effects happen to, peop- to people when they read the Kindle book, which the physical book actually is very specifically designed um, even down to its color and weight and font and everything in it to try to stimulate people. So, I, well, I, yeah, I, I have the Kindle version right now, so I'll have to get mm-hmm. the, uh, the the uh, the hardcover. Yeah, it's a very and I, book. and I would like to mention too one of the most uh, some of the most beautiful experiences that I've had after each chapter, and then I'll have that experience like the other night. I was like almost asleep, you know, I'm in between, and I have a music box, and it started playing by itself, very slowly, note mm-hmm. by note, because, you know, something else was, was getting it to do that, you know, it wasn't uh-huh. wound oh, yeah, it's up happened to me. It's happened to me also, and, I have a carriage solo. That. That's wonderful. And I love to say, thank <clears throat> you. More, please. And that is in August. Um, uh, had told me that one time. He said, say, thank you. More, please. And uh, mm-hmm. and that wonderful gratitude and that wonderful love, more mm-hmm. comes. And it comes stronger. And it is just, it's, it's just divine. I, I love it. I just so love it, it, it so much. And so it didn't scare you, did it? It didn't scare you. No, Mm-mm. no. Mm-hmm. But some people would, some people would react in fear, 
and fear is just like turning off the TV. You know, I mean, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear it. Click and it's gone. So we have right, to learn right. how to not be afraid, to be open, um, to be curious. Curiosity is the greatest of human traits. I feel that that just brings in all of our other gifts. So that's why you say, "Oh, more, please." I like that. You know, you want to encourage. Mm-hmm. And that's the awesome. vibration that's, in that way. I've had the uh, experience myself with a. Um, I spoke on maybe one or two shows, right, Melissa, about the uh, carousel incident. Yeah, the one that yeah, went I on had the house the, for no reason at all. Yeah, I have a carousel that you have to press the button and it plays Christmas carols. When I first moved into my new place, where oh, about seven years ago, I was sitting on my deck right off from my kitchen, and you actually have to press the button on this thing, and this thing sits in the window. And it was my dad's birthday, and I'm like sitting there, and my son was very ill at the time, my husband was very ill at the time, and I said, Dad, it's your birthday. I said, just send me a sign. Just as I said that, this carousel started playing by itself. And my dad was very musical. He actually has um, music he's written in the Library of Congress, which I didn't know until after his death. But, you know. So the second time and the only other time it happened was the last day, December 23, 2010, that my son was home before he passed. He was very ill that day. Quick story. Um, I was sitting in my living room, and I could hear he wasn't well. He was. I go into his room, and he was, you know, doing crazy things. He was dropping his pills, and I said to my friend that was here, I said, I got to call the ambulance, and my son kept saying, no, 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 no. So to make a long story short, all of a sudden, the carousel started playing by himself. So I feel that somebody was here visiting. I think it was probably my daughter, because my son told me before his death that my daughter came to visit him three times, but he wouldn't talk about the first two. But he did tell me the story that happened New Year's uh, one day, one month and one day to, to his passing. And I, when I heard the carousel play, I said, you know what, no matter what he says, I have to call the ambulance. I, by the time they got here, my son's blood pressure and being in the medical field, it was 75 over 11. He was almost dead. He would have died within half an hour. So it was like, get him to the hospital. So to me, that was a sign. Somebody was here saying, okay, we've got to get him, get him where he has to go. And he, he lived for another maybe month and a half and what have you, and, uh, but that was his last day home. So I understand what you're talking about, Sky, when you talk about the, the music box playing. Um, our, 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 our people that have transitioned um, come to us in many, many ways, and they, they say through electronics and through the TV. I've had things myself with lights going on and off and when someone's coming to me or the TV flashing on and off and there's no explanation for it. You know, it's not something wrong with the electric because I had it all checked out and everybody's got an answer for it. But, um, you know, so I just want to, you know, uh, let you know I so agree with you. I've, I've had it happen to me. Oh, and that's wonderful. And and I would like to also say that um, I very, very much subscribe to uh, that there is uh, no reincarnation. I, I also mm-hmm. do not carry that belief because I feel it's a limited belief. Mm-hmm. Right. So we could also think of reincarnation if we want to as just like we are reborn, but we're reborn forward, not backward. Right. And one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, uh, like Tim, maybe not as much as Tim, but I am a bit of a smartass, is, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't swallow everything right away, and I play devil's advocate, and I have um, what I call a good dose of healthy skepticism. And I asked him, I said, so 
but it's not that in the universe, since we're godlike, we are as gods, as it says in the Bible, and the universe will give us anything we want. Well, if we want to be reincarnated, why can't we be? And uh-huh. he said, um, he explained in a very brilliant way, and I still uh, struggle to put in language, but he said that if we really want to have the experience of being reincarnated, we can have that experience, but it won't be... Um, Actual reincarnation, that our mind is that powerful that we, if we really, really want it and we strongly desire, or we know how to do it, like we've learned how to do it before we evolved mm-hmm. enough, we can recreate everything just the same way that we can, we can dramatize anything in life, that we can recreate the planet Earth. It won't be the, the original native planet Earth, but it will be exactly... You know, stone for stone, planet Earth, and we can mm-hmm. hook up with other people who agree to do this and come back to this sort of slave place. That's why he calls it the pastime. Right, right. And act as if we're being reincarnated and, and do it again. If we feel strongly that we need to come back and learn lessons, we can recreate an Earth for ourselves that we can come back and do these things and go through these lessons if, if we I want was, to um, do it. I just wanted to bring up one thing. I was watching um, the bio channel. I watched it quite often. They had your, you know, ghost adventures and your, your celebrity ghost stories and what have you. And um, one of them was uh, I can't remember John something from the Dukes of Hazard, I think, where he had a um, younger brother that had passed away that he looked very much like, and he supposedly started telling his mother things uh, like. Uh, I'm hearing that echo again. I don't know where it's coming from, so I apologize to our listeners. Um, anyhow, I what he was saying was that he was recreating what happened to this brother that died uh, a couple years before him, and so all of a sudden he was saying that he came back and with his brother, so he was his brother. What do you think about something like that when they talk about stuff like that and, and actually say say that they they were in this place and time at another point in time a couple years before or a hundred years before? What are your feelings on that? Well, again... You, I, I'm speaking for myself. I wouldn't take that information at face value to be true. I would ask a lot of questions, and I would want, well, you know, why should I believe this? And who, mm-hmm. um, where is this coming from? Give me more information. You just can't expect me to believe it because you right. say so. Um, right. And and oftentimes, uh, it, it, people who are experienced sitters in mediumship circles know that we have to. Um, that once we transition, we're, we're still the same people. So there are a lot of people who like to joke around and, and fool around with other people. And there's, you know, if you're an asshole on this side, you're going to be an asshole on that side, too. Exactly. <laughs> you take your personality um, with you. I found yeah, that when I've gone to yeah. my medium, when bring so my kids through, things that come out of their mouth, I'm like, they're in heaven and they're saying this? So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you'll have, so. you have people, like, what's to say that this isn't someone who's pretending and making up the story just to sort of jerk our chain because it's a power thing yeah. for them. And a right. lot of people who have transitioned have not gotten off the planet because they're stuck for many reasons, mm-hmm. and there are many wonderful people around the planet who do spirit rescues, including myself. Um, right. That any kind of a seance or a sitting attracts a lot of these lower vibrating entities who just want to come around and, 
and joke around and mm-hmm. cause trouble and confusion, and they'll masquerade as loved ones. You know, oh, is that my Aunt Mary? And someone says, oh, yeah, yeah, it is Aunt Mary. And they'll have access to a lot of information that they can pull out Do you out think there are actually dark entities that are coming that are, ma- like, the, well, the, what a lot of people said to me when I tell them that I've read paper, and they'll say, oh, that's just the dark energies coming in to pretend to be your son or pretend to be your daughter. And uh-huh. they know all because they see all. I mean, what is your feelings right, right, on that? Right, right. Yeah, and they have access to, you know, our minds since, you know, our brain is tuning. They can also tune into the same things that we can tune into. Um, so I wouldn't say that they're evil people. But mm-hmm. saying dark entities is because they're not expressing light as, as they could. Right. That their vibration is lower, so they would appear darker to us. And, you know, um, there's a lot of insanity, too, on the planet and off the planet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who right. just are not... You know, mental wellness is, is something that's not always perfect or resolved once we transition. There's still issues of that, too. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are a lot of people who are unwell still attracted to um, say that they were addicts and they died in their addiction and they didn't recover from that. But they're you know, still attached to the earth in many kind of ways. So it's mm-hmm. really complex, isn't it? It's extremely complicated. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, my, the, the, the medium that I see, she's actually number five in the country right now. I'm not going to mention any names. I don't know if she wants to be mentioned, but um, mm-hmm. I had talked to her at one point about this and, and, and because about less than a year after my son had passed, um, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in 40 years, and I had talked to her just prior, she called me up and told me ever since we were talking about my son, I had to go to this place that is near me, and my son is stuck, and, and he's afraid, and she had me hysterical. So I went over, and I said, you can go, you're fine, don't fear it, but, you know, go to the light, blah, 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 blah. And I came home. And I was so upset, I contacted my medium friend, and she was on doing a radio show that day, and I, she never answers what, half the time because she's so busy. But she, so being that I was upset, she goes, I assure you, he went to the light immediately. She doesn't believe that anybody really gets stuck or that everyone crosses over, so everybody, I guess, has a different opinion of it. Um, why do you think there's so many different opinions of some get stuck, some don't get stuck, some never get stuck? What do you think that's all about, Otis? I think that's just really good evidence of the variance of the way that life can evenly express across the cosmos. Is mm-hmm. that the, um, that's creativity, that people have these experiences and mm-hmm. say that they're, they're true or not. This just shows the great variety. You see, that's just the way the universe is. There's just great variety in form and function. Mm-hmm. So, so well, you mean, what she had expressed to me, it was my friend was getting the headaches and all this that my son was supposedly making her feel because it was my fear that he didn't cross over that was making her feel that he was stuck. That's the way she described it to me. That she assured me. Sense, that, that, and that made sense to me because I was so very upset. It was like... Uh, ten months into his dying, and I was—it was Christmas coming up the first year, and thinking of the Christmas before, where he actually went in the hospital for the last time on the 23rd of December, and I'm like, it was hard enough dealing with the holidays coming and trying to function as a human being for my other children and my grandkids and my rest of my family, and you know, and I, I really, it threw me through a loop, and it's like, you know, whether I have abilities or not, it's, it, 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 it really—I wasn't frightened for me; I was frightened for him that he suffered so terribly while he was here right. and that, I didn't and want again, him suffering in between and again it's that fear that causes 
the 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 glitches that causes the problem that if we're afraid mm-hmm. for our loved ones that um, we have to somehow very not easy but it's a process is to let go of the fear and be happy for them because they're exactly. still connected to us and our grief not only hurts us but it causes them pain. And yeah. what they really want us to know is that they're okay and they're happy and they're pain-free and mm-hmm. they're waiting for us. And sometimes we're so overcome by our grief and our worry and fear for them and for ourselves that we can't hear them, we can't feel them anymore. So um, it's something we talk a lot about in, in the last book and in the upcoming book is how to very slowly um, change, do like a 180, like to be... To, to learn how to be happy and grateful, like Sky said, like you say, thank you. Um, yes. That you, you raise this vibration because it's easier to connect with them when we raise our vibration. It's mm-hmm. hard for them to lower. It's hard for them to lower their vibration. That takes a special skill, but it's easier for us to raise our vibration than it is for them to lower their vibration. So we have to learn how to do this. It doesn't mean that we won't grieve. Um, no, oh, yeah, we're human. I mean, we're going to have, I mean, I'm, I'm still a grieving mother. I, that's what I explain to people, whether I have a radio yeah. show or write all my books helping and counseling other grieving parents. I have the human aspect of it. I miss my children, you know, in the physical sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and the grief, as far as I can tell, never goes away. You don't get over it. You don't no. get through with it. But the, the quality of it changes, the quantity of it yes. changes. And it can it's change. different. Just like the caterpillar can change to a butterfly, our grief can also transform into its own butterfly of joy, um, mm-hmm. which is indeed a very high, high place to be if we can transform our grief into joy. So mm-hmm. something that, that I wanted to share, one of the things that people may have problems with in the book is the aspect of uh, physical mediumship, which means people actually materialize in broad daylight or, or even in the dark. That's happened with my son. I've had two neighbors that and he's physically appeared to. Yeah. What do you and think? Did you think it's actually him or is that other force? Is it really my son or something else coming as my son? You would have to do, if, you, if something is causing you to question that, then you would have to follow that question through and figure that out as best as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, I had to, within the to, same week neighbors on both sides of me. One uh, neighbor, her her twin sons that were friends of my son growing up, and another neighbor who was like a grandfather to him said that he he appeared to to him four times. Then within the same week, this other woman stopped me and she goes, "I have to tell you something." And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. She was a teacher, came home to walk her dogs. She goes, "I saw Mark." And I'm like, what do you mean you saw Mark? And he parked his, he was a race car driver and parked his car on the side of my house that nobody really parks. And she says he appeared in the driveway. And I'm thinking, well, my grandson's five years younger. Maybe it's when he was visiting because they resembled each other about the same size. She goes, no, I know Chris. She goes, it was Mark. I said, how do you know? She goes, because he looked at me, he smiled, and then he disappeared. Yeah, he appeared to me too. He's appeared to my niece who's on the line right now. Yeah, so you want to share that story real quickly and then we'll Yeah, talk. so oh, I was watching great. I was watching American Idol because I love to sing and it's a passion of mine. Okay. And I saw a kid that had C S on this exact episode and he looked like my cousin and I was freaking out. Yeah, and, and, and I've had other calls oh that same God, night he from Florida. Like Mark. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He had the same illness. And then he it was like, like the stroke of midnight. Something made me look outside my window. I don't know what it was. I looked, and he was there as clear as if he was still alive. Like, he physically looked like he was out my window mm-hmm. looking at me, like, smiling. He had the baseball cap on that he used to mm-hmm. wear all the time. He literally, like, 
he physically looked real. He didn't look like a ghost. He didn't look dusty. It looked physically like a person. And like he was that happened right in the picture. No, yeah. that happened. So, I just wanted so, to say one more thing. Okay, go ahead. Let me ask you, Melissa, then, were you afraid? No, not at all. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, well, I, I had one other to, like, time. Would think that you would be afraid. <laughs> one other time, I don't really belong to the paranormal sites, but I had gotten into a couple. I don't pay, really didn't pay attention to They were there. One day, I was drawn to the, and I have this on, I have another page called What Signs uh, Your Loved Ones Send You, and I have the actual picture. Well, what happened was, I went to the site for some reason that day, and I see this guy from New Jersey, I'm in New York, newly married, not a non-believer in any of this, and he, he went on the site, and he goes, there's a face in my door, who is this, what's going on? I looked, it was clear as day, my son's face, and if you go to my set on Facebook, anybody can go, I have that picture posted that this guy had in his door, and a picture right next to it, I put that my actual son when he was alive, and there's no mistaking it. So I said to this guy, I said, oh my gosh, it's my son who passed, and I explained to him, he goes, well, thank you, I never believed in this, my, we were newly married, my wife took my picture, I didn't know this guy from a hole in the wall. And to make a long story short, it was a healthy looking, my son looking healthy, looking through this guy's door. And it was just crazy. I mean, and, you know, though I can say whatever I want and tell people I can read people mm-hmm. and write my books and what's happened, how I've had things happen. I have physical proof of in pictures, on many pictures that I have on that site uh, where my husband appeared, my son has appeared, oh, yeah. and there's no mistaking it. There's no mistaking it. So and, like, yeah. the what that do, what I do took you... with the orbs, with their faces, as clear as yeah, day, actually, that Christmas, orbs, uh, Christmas time, she went home, and all three faces showed up in a picture on Mel- in Melissa's yard of my daughter in the middle, and there was no mistaking it, my husband to the left of her, and my son to the right of her. All three that have never appeared together before in like a blue kind of like a light in her yard uh, and it was, was, it, it was the oh, second that I had left your house like I drove home yeah because I was, I was having a uh, candlelight visual yeah yeah for um, the compassionate friends of, of America that have lost children we have our own kind of day now and we were down here doing our ceremony and I thought something would happen here if anything the light kept flashing on and off my security light but nothing mm-hmm. we were taking pictures she goes home and all of a sudden she goes you're not going to believe this and she sends me the picture so I also have that picture yeah so now do you what do you feel August about did you really feel it's them appearing or do you, what, what do you think because I, I, many other people have seen this and said the same thing and so it's not just Melissa and I these are people that knew my kids people that you know what, what do you what are your feelings on that well, I can only speak from my own experience. Again, for me, it's absolutely them. Um, I'm much also very interested in how it happens and what is going on. So I have worked with, there's a lot of people studying this, and it's been going on for hundreds of years. Um, mm-hmm. That, that uh, So one of my tendencies is towards physical mediumship, which means like this phenomenon will happen. I'm not a developed physical medium because that is something that I just don't have the time or inclination to do, it's, it's very hard on your body to be around that because mm-hmm. they use energy from your body. Um, drains. It drains you. It's like ectoplasm is, is one word for it, teleplasm. There's a new energy that certain uh, physical mediumships around the planet are experiencing, exploring with, called, they're calling it protoplasm, which means mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. apparently made of light. 
which is very different from ectoplasm, which is made from chemicals taken out of our body and also chemicals from the other side that spirit chemists use. So photoplasm, um, you don't need ectoplasm in order for photoplasm. So they're using photoplasm to form their bodies and to form all kinds of objects um, as, right. as well in the physical mediumship groups. So I've, I've experienced some pretty, pretty astounding things that I would never expect anyone to um, take my word for but I would rather um, people encourage people to not look for stories about these things, but to go out and make your own stories, to experience it, to try to use your curiosity and experience these things for yourself. And if you really, really want to experience these things, they will find you. You can track them. Right, right. Well, I found that too, and I think that's one of the things I didn't, I did not. Um, excuse me. Just, I just want to get one word in, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, what happened? I was telling people over the years. I felt drained many times in my life because of certain things happening before I really knew I had the gift that I have. And I would tell people it's just draining me. It's just they're sucking the life out of me. Uh, and it just was it was crazy so i i i totally i'm totally uh glad that you said that august because it's it's hard to explain to people that you know if i see them in the photos it's not sucking the life out of me if they're coming to me other ways there and there's been others than my own children that have come to me i've had experiences where it just drains the hell out of me and uh i just realized recently it was like a light bulb went in my head they're sucking energy from me they're taking my energy to to manifest in you know order to show them you know in different ways so i i totally agree agree with that but i'm sorry sky you're saying something i didn't mean to interrupt you Oh, well, Guys? I just wanted to add, yeah, I just wanted to add something very quickly. Um, sure, sure. I love the chapter in the Risen 21st Century Borrowed from Angel. I believe it holds a lot of high vibration, and I mm-hmm. was reading that chapter, and I laid my book down and my glasses, and I went into meditation, and mm-hmm. I went into a deeper meditation, and upon coming out of my meditation, Indy was inside of me. And it was the most awesome experience because all of a sudden both of us are sharing my body. But I can so who, no, explain, explain who that is. Explain who. Oh, oh that's my, my, my husband that transitioned a year ago today, as a matter of fact. Oh, today? Aww. Oh, my goodness. Spirit, spirit, spirit does or, orchestrate very beautifully in my body. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Um, so he was in my body. I was in my body. We were carrying on a conversation. I could hear his mm-hmm. voice. And mm-hmm. I had no fear but this is the mm-hmm. one thing he told me. He said, Here we go, go again. <laughs> this is what it feels like to have physical mediumship where right, you allow right. a spirit to come into your vessel, into your temple. And he said, this will not happen again. He mm-hmm. said, because it requires a lot of energy. And he said, yes. but I want you to know so you will know what it feels like so that when you start getting into physical mediumship circles, mm-hmm. you will know 
You because if you base everything on feelings and past mm-hmm. feelings, I had no fear because I knew it was him. There was no question. It was yeah. him. Oh, uh, uh, let me stop you one second. That. Sky, do you have um, another uh, thing? I'm still hearing that echo, so it's hard to hear you. I don't know if you have another. Um, you're just talking on the phone or... Yeah, I'm just on my phone, but I, I yeah, don't I don't know what the heck is the, that noise is tonight. Yeah, I don't hear it. I don't hear. Oh, it okay, either. yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe oh. it's me. I don't know. I don't know, but I totally understand because I'll tell you one of the times, like you were just talking about, Sky, years ago when I was a young new bride, my mother-in-law, who I happen to share the same name, we're both Margaret, that's my formal name, we both have the same exact birthday, we both have, our mothers have the same exact name, and her maiden name and my grandmother's maiden name were very close. And I just felt such a connection with her. And I felt that what you were just discussing, what was happening with your husband, was happening to me then. And I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Until at the time, my brother-in-law, my husband's only brother's girlfriend at the time, she was having the same experiences. And we were like looking at each other like, what the hell? Like the mother-in-law like was taking over us at times. She died of a very sudden death of a brain tumor, and she was 50 years old, and it was just very weird. And I'm like, what? I had no idea what was going on, but what you're explaining right now is that, that physical um, you know, mediumship. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Like, when I do my readings now, I channel things just flow, um, but it's not like they come inside of me. That is one time I felt somebody come inside of me. Well, so to be clear about this, because it's, it's important that we're all talking and we're understanding the same thing, is that um, what Sky is talking about is what a lot of mediums say that they're they're also doing some kind of channeling or where they allow a spirit entity to occupy their body and use their vocal cords to speak. Um, right. So that's a form uh, that's kind of a, a variation of physical mediumship, and that's very draining on the body, and if they're mm-hmm. taking energy from us, they should be giving us energy back, And but, right. but the physical mediums are notorious known for very poor failing health. Like, it's just it, letting a higher vibrating entity come into your body mm-hmm. starts taking it apart. You know, it's, it, it's how do you how do you stop that? that? How do you because I had talked to, um, I just did one of my fundraisers. You on have my to raise your own vibration. Yeah, because I talked to a a local medium that had happened to come to my party, and I told her, we went outside and talked. I said, something that I've had since I was a child, um, I don't like part of my gift. She goes, you can tell your spirits, guys, you don't want that part. Because I do have MS, and I was told by someone else that maybe that's what's sucking the energy from me, that I have to just say, be going with, I do not want this. Right. And, you know, I need all the energy to keep going myself because I do have uh, limitations with my walking and, and what have you. Yeah. So do you so, think that's I, part I of maybe not. why we have these diseases or whatever? Or? It could be. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, I, I will not allow, I, there's only two people in spirit that I would allow to ever merge with me in that way, and one is Tim and one would be one of my guides. And that's very, mm-hmm. very rare. Too. Right. Um, but you, uh, 
people have to take all kinds of precautions to protect yourself in that kind of a way. They, you realize that we're talking about energy, and energy can't be created or destroyed. It just can be, be mm-hmm. transformed exactly. into some, something else. But energy can move, so energy can be sucked out of us or it can be put into us. And so there's all kinds of precautions. It takes a great deal of education and understanding. You know, just mm-hmm. before you start doing these things, you really want to talk to people who have done it before or even get formal Well, unfortunately, education. it was just happening to me. I didn't ask for it. That's the whole thing. I wasn't, wasn't understanding what was going on. So it's not like I went to somebody since I was nine when this started developing with me because I was so afraid of it, and I didn't get it, you know? And this is when my MS actually started when I was nine. It was diagnosed 41 years later. And... Um, so it, it just, it just. I'm now trying to understand how I can. I don't mind like reading somebody. Like I, I, I try not to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, well, of course it is now with the radio show and stuff. But I have people coming up to me now. Can you give me a reading? Can you give me a reading? It doesn't happen that way with me. I can't always give you a reading. If the spirit, you know, wants to come through, or if they want have a message for you, they'll come through. If yeah. they don't, I mean, when I got on the show, I had no plans on reading anybody, neither did Melissa. It was to help, you know, other people through grief and grieving parents. And all of a sudden, Melissa and I started reading people. I, I did this with Sky, right, Sky? You and I were talking, and all of a sudden, I started reading you to the point where I actually got your last name. Do you recall that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, I still. Of it all. So, yeah. what you're, so Peggy, what you're speaking to, um, again, mm-hmm. um, connects very much with the idea of being scientific about all this, is that when mm-hmm. science, before, in order for science to do experiments correctly and it can be replicated, there have to be protocols and structure. And the same thing right. with me- mediumship is, say you go to a place like Lilydale, where they have, you know, mediums that have been, been certif- certified over and over and again, they have right. all very strict protocols to protect themselves, to protect the sitters, to protect their clients, and they're mm-hmm. here too. They're, they're um, very rigorous about these protocols, that it has to be done this way. There has to be a beginning and middle and end. There have to be um, certain sets of conditions set up beforehand and then certain mm-hmm. sets of conditions ready afterhand so that everything is done appropriately and, and safely. Like you just you just can't start doing it on you can do it on your own but you'll learn the hard way in, in yeah that's way. what i think i'm at at this point it's not not some i i kind of really didn't have much control over i tried to you know for years i kept it under wraps and never talked mm-hmm. about it and so uh, you something have, happened you developed the procedure and process so you have mediums like john edward that he has a very strict protocol um then prop has very strict protocols you know, people, skeptics will say, well, that's just their way of, of trying to snow us or something, and, you know, or... or no, no, that, you actually, you told me you, you know on. them. You know them on a personal level, so, I mean... Yeah, um, so you have, um, or Lisa Williams, you know, that what, that wonderful British... Yes, I remember Lisa um, Williams very yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so what, she, what she's learned to do is when, she, you know, she's just sort of like a magnet, just like people in spirit are just like flocking to her all the time, and she learned that if she mm-hmm. puts a hat on, a hat on that they can't get to her, that this is her sort of psychological defense that works for her. She puts a baseball cap on, and she's always going around with a cap on, and that kind of keeps them away. I've learned to put a very specific color of blue light around my head when I just need them, like, just back off and leave me alone. 
What, what, what would be your suggestion for myself? Should I uh, go meet with someone to help me deal with this better? Because there are certain things I don't want to do with it. I mean, I don't mind helping people because I feel like I it's a calling just like you becoming a psychotherapist and me, you know, kind of in a way counseling, which I did today, a grieving parent. And I've been doing this um, because I've been there. It's not just book knowledge. It's, it's a real-life experience. But when it comes to... Um, um, spirit coming to me, and I don't want it. What do you suggest for me? And then this is just, you know, do, should, is there someone I should meet with? Is there some recommendation you could give me or someone like myself where the certain gifts, I, I just don't want that, you know? Just even, well, even you, the fact, um, you know, whatever works for you, I think uh-huh. that you, you could... Um, I much prefer relying on our own self-creativity to come up with ideas and ways mm-hmm. that are authentic and real. So we come up with our own rituals. Um, mm-hmm. We come up with our own language where we can just, we can just, when we wake up in the morning, we can have part of our prayer saying um, that I only want contact with higher vibrating beings for today. Or um, sometimes people may want to go get some kind of a clearing, like a chakra clearing, I suppose you could call it. To sort yeah, of, I've had a couple of those on calling into sites myself yeah, where they feel that um, my, my root chakra was very low. And, and yeah, I, I just I recently had someone talking about that, but they said they went and got their chakras waxed. Really? Really? That's what they call it. Mm. Well, well, I actually had that on my feet the other day. (laughs) And it's funny you should bring that up because I think I told you on Saturday, I just went to get nails done, ran into my best friend at the nail salon, never knew that she even went to the same one as I went, ended up going to lunch, meeting up with two other people. One happened to be a very dear friend of mine since we were children and who's also a a school social worker psychologist now, and another mother that's going through a very uh, traumatic experience with some of her children. So I won't really get into it. And um, But my friend, who is now the psychologist, said to me, I started opening up with her because I, I didn't think anybody really knew. She goes, Peg, when we were kids, you talked about things like this, but and I listened. You had something back. I don't even remember even talking about it with anybody because I wasn't – I didn't feel I was that open about my gift as a child, you know, because I was afraid of it and not understanding it. But I've known her since I was maybe 10 or 11. She goes, oh, no. She goes, I knew you had this gift. And she, you know, like I said, now she's a psychologist and work like, kind of like you and works as a social worker through the school district and what have you. And I'm like, I don't remember even saying anything to her about it, you know. Am I getting senile? Or, <laughs> you know, so it's – so. I guess uh, people that were around me already saw that I had that something. Yeah. You know, I call it my little well, something. So that's something. Why we have to be very cautious when when we're exploring these things. Too, you have to take precautions, like proceed with care and caution if mm-hmm. you're going to to want to develop spiritual gifts. Educate right. yourself and talk to people about it. And learn all you can, but also learn how to protect yourself and also mm-hmm. learn how to say no, how to say no. I think that's yeah, probably... Yeah, I'm not finding anything that's ever been negative as far as... Uh, yeah. Uh, a, lot you know, of us, a lot of us have a problems. A lot of us have problems of saying no, especially people who want to help other people. Oh, yeah. People that no, I have that one everyday life, saying no to people who are learning how to do boundaries that. Because what I found out, what I've discovered, especially people in spirit, even if they're higher vibrating, sometimes 
either they've never been on this planet or they've been away from this planet for so long that they forgot what it's like to live this very slow, heavy mm-hmm. material existence, um, mm-hmm. is that we can't do everything in the way that they can. We can't do things in the way that they can. We experience time and space. Right. Our psychology is very different. And so I've had to learn over the years just to say, no, back off. And right. You're sort of you're setting boundaries the way that we set boundaries with our our friends and colleagues on life here, saying you know, um, they learn they learn. So right. It's a learning process too. They're not any more perfect than we are. That maybe their perspective is. A well, that's like the friend that was going through something with her children that would, happened to meet up with us for lunch, and we just happened to be all be there at the same time. And as soon as she found out I did this, and, and I've seen this with people getting very hyper, it's like, read me now, read me now. And oh, it's like, uh, it yes, doesn't yes. work that way. <laughs> well, it doesn't work that way. They come that through. That was a big and, problem. That was a big yeah, problem so that's why I've kind of kept quiet. Oh, I just want to say real quick, Melissa, um, I wanted to thank my co-host. She had to leave earlier tonight because her very dear friend is celebrating Passover, and she was invited to dinner. So uh, I'd like to thank Melissa for being on. I'll, we'll talk to her later. And tell Wendy happy Passover and Jeff. So I just wanted to, you know, uh-huh. acknowledge that. So she left without saying anything, So, but I knew she oh. had to leave early. So, But anyhow, so c- continue. And I, what I'd like to know is more about Tim. Um now, when you started writing the book, this is after uh, Tim had transitioned, right? Um, you had talked prior to his uh, transitioning uh, about the book, or how did, how, did it, how did things go with that? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, it, when, he, when he transitioned, he, he was one of those people um, who was just starting – he was – he had co-written a book with Alex Tannis, the famous author, mm-hmm. the famous psychic on dreams. Tim was an editor and a book writer, and so he co-authored this book. What and, was the name of the book? Um, it has the word, it's like dreams, the symbol of dreams, the symbol of language of dreams. I wonder if it's I have, I think I may have that because I have quite a few. You may, you may. So I was mm-hmm. just talking about the la- language of dreams, and Tim was just starting to explore all of this stuff. Um, I was in um, school for clinical psychology at the time, so we didn't mm-hmm. have very long. Our relationship didn't last very long before um, he discovered that he had contracted HIV. And right. Yeah, I saw you in the late uh, 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I read that. So he had he had transitioned on um, Christmas Eve, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was not a good good death in that way. He was pretty exhausted and in an incredible amount of pain. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I was not a good in a good place in my life at that time. I was still struggling with um, alcoholism and mm-hmm. um, it, I hadn't even really thought about, I wasn't really aware of my mediumship anymore at that point. I just, it, I didn't care about it. I had never um, thought about it. It's just one of those things, that, you know, if you don't keep up with, it just goes and it's just for life yeah. overwhelms you. And so and I find I have, that with me right now. The more I'm doing it, the more it's happening. So I, I'm kind of yeah. like, I need to sit back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I agree so, with that. So Tim had begun, you know, studying this work with Alex and being very good friends with Alex's family. And then he um, uh, went and lived on an ashram upstate for a couple of years where he thought he would die. 
there, mm-hmm. but um, that didn't happen. And so he was studying all kinds of alternate spiritualities when he had transitioned. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until two years after he had transitioned, mm-hmm. I was still um, not doing well in terms of my own grief. When he and what was um, Tim's on that? Was he? Did you you grew up like you said. You were an Irish Catholic boy, right? Yeah. Okay. What was was he into religion at one point? Did he grow up Catholic? Did he grow up anything? Or um, what was his uh, faith um, um, growing up? His, his family background was very waspy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they. I don't think they were particularly religious at all. Okay. His, all right. Yeah, I mean, his parents were um, very sophisticated intellectuals, as was Tim, but mm-hmm. I, there wasn't a um, sense of spirituality that much there, so it was very okay. very new to him. But it was the bond that we had that somehow mm-hmm. allowed him, when he was on the other side, like he was doing all the work, when he was on the other side, um, one thing that really helped him because when he woke up on the other side, he was still very sick and hardly conscious and he was in the special healing center and it took a couple of years of our time for him to be healed very, very slowly. And On the other so, side also? On the other side, yeah. When people... Oh, really? I just, I, I always just assumed once they went there, that was it. They were great. Wow. Perhaps, but there are some people for all kinds of very complicated psychological and physiological reasons when they wake up on the other mm-hmm. side. He he died in a coma, and so he kind of woke up in a coma on the other side as well, too. It wasn't okay, that's the way my it son died a shock. It would have been right. a shock to him. And so um, one of the things, one of the traditions of the my Roman Catholic upbringing was prayer like constant prayer that the Roman Catholics are very big on prayer, especially prayers for the prayers for the dead. So I constantly said prayers for Tim and Tim said that those prayers would materialize in his, his space on the other side as these big, huge crystal flowers that played music for him and healed him. And when he realized that I actually was praying for him, that had him, it made him turn a corner in some kind of a way and, and, and just made our connection even stronger, even though I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so then he set out, he wanted to know how to get in touch with me. He wanted first to thank me for the prayers, but also to um, continue our relationship of love with one another. And so he didn't believe, he didn't have a belief system that it was possible. He didn't even understand where he was for a long time. Right. And, Excuse me one second. He, we got some kind of um, music or something coming through here. I don't know what the heck that is. <laughs> It was hard to hear you again. I'm sorry. Yeah, it oh, seemed to okay. cease now. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so he actually took it upon himself to ask questions, and apparently you have to, you just can't. It's not easy to try to contact someone on the earth from there. It's very hard to do. If it was easier, it would be happening a lot more. So he actually right. found people um, who would teach him how to do it, mm-hmm. and he he studied, and he was able to actually materialize one day physically in my room mm-hmm. for just a very brief second. And didn't he, he sat on your bed, didn't he, or something? Yeah, he was sitting on my bed and mm-hmm. um, completely scared scared me, like just not scared, but just surprised me. And I was walking Surprise, around yeah, in a day. Yeah. Shock. I walked More around shock. In, in a shock for a few days, and I thought, God, am I mm-hmm. losing my mind or what's going on? But when I, I talked about this before, when I sat down and I, sh- I shared this with a trusted friend right. who knew me very well, 
she didn't shut me down or say, oh, my God, you're crazy or, you know, it's like she got it. She said, of course, of course he would try to come back to you. And it was mm-hmm. in that sharing and being validated and being accepted that kind of lit the spark where I opened up to the possibility. And as I opened up, it allowed Tim to come through more and more and more. And so then I was able to actually start focusing on contacting him. So we were both working diligently from both sides on contacting each other. And you have to keep up that diligence because um, as soon as you stop this kind of work, it sort of just goes away because all Mm -hmm. the the factors in the environment on this side is so much negativity and so much fear just shut it down. So you have to work very hard to maintain for sustainability if you want to keep these kind of mediumship relationships going. You have to work at it um, Mm -hmm. a lot. So I just want to let Sky, I put you back on hold, Sky, um, if you want to talk, I'll bring it back on in a minute, just to, to clear that noise that was in the background, because I was having a hard time hearing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, or I'll bring up to you, that um, when I approach the medium that I see to, 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 for who I go to, okay, she had said something to me, like when I was trying to cross my son over, thinking I had to cross him over that day, 10 months into yeah. his death, um, she she kind of kind of giggles. She goes, "Peg, really think about it." She goes, "They have they're at a higher energy than we are. It's so much easier for them to cross themselves over than for you as a human to cross over." What are what are your feelings on that? I mean, you know, I know you said that you you you've encountered people that you've had to you know do this with or or oh, people yeah, that have gotten yeah. stuck. And um, why can't being that they why? Well, how, how do I phrase this? Why is humans with not to that, their level, how are we capable of crossing them over when their energy is so much higher? What what would be your, your reasoning with that? Well, we're helping them cross over. It's sort of like we're walking with them part of the way. Uh-huh. Because the people on the other side who are there to receive them can't mm-hmm. come all the way. They have to lower their vibrations. It's just very hard to do. They come all the way, way here and get them. Oh, I got right. it. Okay. They sort of meet them halfway. And so also it depends upon the person who is transitioning. If they mm-hmm. have no understanding or experience or concept of what's going on, they're going to be paralyzed right. by fear. They're going to be shut down. They're going to be stuck. Um, right. They're going to be confused. If they see you in spirit mm-hmm. standing next to them, they'll recognize, they recognize you. you. Their fear exactly. goes down, their anxiety goes down, and if you your vibration is high enough that you can actually connect with the higher vibrating reception committee, as it were, mm-hmm. it's like you're sort of handing him or her over to them. Or you can actually just okay. say, you can actually, you can sort of turn them around and say, see, look for some light. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they can see the light because their fear is no longer kind of veiling. like the movie goes, go to the light, you know, go to yeah, the light. Yeah, very much. It's like their yeah. fear is no longer veiling the light, and you can say, just look for some light and walk mm-hmm. towards there. I'll walk with you towards there. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So Thank far. you. You've, you've been mm-hmm. at sixty years old. I'm sixty. You've answered questions that 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 I've been asking myself over and over. That tonight you finally answered some things that um that makes me a lot more comfortable with things. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just want to share one thing. I had a very strange thing happen today. Um, this is a rough week. Uh, I think I told you April, and May. I lost most of my family: brother, sister daughter, sister-in-law, father, husband, all April 18th 
to the 22nd, April 18th, it's my late sister's birthday, it's the day my dad died, the 21st, the day my brother died, the day before his own birthday, the 22nd, which my husband ended up dying on, and then next month, my daughter, my sister-in-law, my mother, and my sister, all within a week of each other. Today, for some reason, something, one of the sites popped up, and it was this uh, medium from Ireland, uh, Mary, I can't recall her last name, and I felt drawn into it like I have before, which I don't go on every site every day, you know. And there was something on there today that I totally connected to, and I actually talked to her, and it was meant for me. It was my sister coming through, and she was saying the name Emily, but my sister and I had a private joke since I was a little kid that she called me Emily. It made sense, and she talked about uh, over the rainbow and the birds and something else that I totally connected. And when I wrote back to her, she goes, your sister just smiled. It was definitely meant for you. Two minutes prior to that, she had posted something else with a man named Donald coming through and smoking a cigar. My husband's name was Donald, and he never smoked in his life except during my third pregnancy, he decided to smoke cigars. So I felt like I got a double connection today just out of the blue. Uh, it was great because this is, a, from my human side, a rough week for me from the – the 18th to the 22nd, so many losses, so you know, so many connections. Brother, sister's birthday, brother's birthday, husband dying on brother's birthday, and my dad dying on my sister's birthday. So I felt that was kind of like my little gift from them, saying that. And my sister actually said that she told her after I spoke with her that she says, "I just want to know. I want you to know you're going to be okay." You know. So I was comforted from my human side today, without. My other side, helping other people, I need a little boost myself, you know. So I just wanted to, to acknowledge that, that uh, sometimes well, we yeah. get signs in the weirdest ways, you know, and that when you least expect it, and so many people will say, but I don't get any signs. You have to be open to it. Do you agree? You have to recognize the, the pennies that are on the floor that that where are they coming from? Pennies from heaven, you know, the the old uh, movie, um, or the, uh, the the feathers coming and that why is there a feather here at this point in time? Or Melissa has had a lot of experience with that, with tons of feathers happening. Um, the butterflies is a very my book is Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. There, the, in the title are all significant ways that my family has come to me over and over again. And uh, but I, I think to, to tell people, and I, I would hope that you would agree that you have to be open to it. You can't just shut down and say, "Well, I don't believe." Do you believe in coincidence? I think everything is planned. Uh, what is your feelings on that? I don't believe in the word coincidence. Uh, happenstance, maybe. You know, uh, what are your feelings on that? Well, I would say that everything is connected, and sometimes yes. when we, when we notice the connections, we might use the word coincidence or we might use the word synchronicity or something, but it's just mm -hmm. evidence again arising that everything is connected. Um, you know, again, we're not only just using our, the 2% of our brains, but we're probably living 2% two, two in our dimension. Like we're not even experiencing what we could possibly be experiencing. And sometimes these things sort of get through or leak through and we notice these connections when we wake up. Mm -hmm. Do you think you have to be like you or I, uh, so-called medium, or have the medium ability to have this happen? Because I've seen a lot of happen to people that have no uh -huh. other, you know, connection to being a medium or or a uh, psychic or or you know uh, whatever. Um, do yeah, you think we are all capable of having this, or what are you thoughts on that? I do. I think that everyone is capable of so much more than they realize that we have not just mm -hmm. physical senses, but we have spiritual senses too. 
And right. in the 21st century, most people's spiritual senses um, are shriveled up or latent or sleeping. And if you start doing this work, you're going to wake them mm-hmm. up and you're, going to, you're also going to not just experience and see and hear things that are new and different, but you're going to feel feelings that can be very different too. Um, right, right. Right. So I'm gonna bring, actually, I'm going to bring Sky back on the line because that's what I like when the night she had called in and then we talked uh, one-on-one. Sky, you're still there, right? Yes. yes. Hello? Yeah, hi, I'm yes. sorry. I had to put you on mute a minute because we were having a lot of uh, static in the background. Like, for instance, like when you and I talked and, and I started, like, reading you, and it was just like, it wasn't something I planned. It's just something that happens, you know? And to the point where um, I, I've gone with people where I get names, the names, they say a lot of people can do that, but I'll start getting names and I even get middle names and some of them like not common names, you know, and it just, it's one of those things that just seem to happen and it seems the more that I do this, the more it's happening, you know, like, like, yeah, um, also, was just what's saying. Your, yeah, it's like you're saying practice makes perfect. It's like, exactly, know, exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah, before so it was just like my kids question. coming to me and showing signs of my family, but then it was like totally opening up and reading other people, and I had no plan on doing it. I had no plan or intention of ever doing that, you know, and it just was happening, and it's like, it's like why, am I, why is this happening? Is this another calling? Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? I've been condemned by other so-called, you know, Christians. So it's like, you better go back and read your Bible. This is not good. This is a negative. This is, you know, you read the Bible, you know, and it's like... I feel like anything I do, I pray before my shows. I pray every day anyhow. I pray for everything that happens with me it's through the light. No, I don't want any dark energy. I don't want to be a part of dark energy. You know, um, so I'm comfortable with myself. Not saying that I would want to do this professionally. I'm, I haven't charged anybody for anything, you know. Um, my biggest thing is helping other grieving parents, you know, and because and, 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 I know how difficult that is, you know, and I know it two times over. Um, that's more important to me, my books, uh, to get the word out that way instead of just reading people, you know. But it's just something I'm finding is just happening more and more, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to understand it, you know. I'm um, uh, in, the, in the embryo state of that still at 60 where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning the birth of this, you know. And, um, you know, trying to um, do the best I can, but yet I don't want to do this on a full-time basis type of thing, you know. Right, and so you sh- you should um, that should be respected, you know, once you understand yes. that we have the yeah. we have the choice. That there used to be, I would see in some of the older spiritualist books that, um, not exactly fire and brimstone, but would sort of warn people like if you have this gift of mediumship and you refuse to do it, you could get sick and die, or you'll be you'll be sorry, or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. not true. If you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to do certain things, you don't have to do them, and you shouldn't be forced free to do will. them. Free will. God's free that's will. That's just a yeah. form of terrorism yeah. otherwise. And so, so mm-hmm. we, yeah, we have free will to make choices and to say yes, and especially to say no, to, to know mm-hmm. when to say no, to take care of ourselves, to say no, not today, I can't do that today. Or so I, I, I had to learn, um, people just would assume if, if they found out that I was a medium or I had these experiences that, that suddenly I could get them and connect connection immediately with their loved one and that, that I should do this, that I had an obligation to do this for them. Exactly. I know that's what happened to, happens to me a lot. It's like, oh my gosh, well, and, read me now, read me now, read me now. And I'm like, right. it and doesn't I, work I would, that way. You know, and, I would, um, <laughs> and 
and I might feel compelled to do it, but then I would also develop mm-hmm. a resentment, a resentment against. Them. I mean, I, I've actually did that um, a few months back. I walked up to somebody. I was out. I love karaoke. That's kind of like my passion. <laughs> That's my free time away from everything, cool. and I hadn't gone in a long time. And uh, I got Janis Joplin voice over here. So <laughs> I went this one night, and because of my issues with my walking, um, the place was crowded, and I needed to sit down. And I always keep a copy of my book in my purse, and it was really kind of ironic. I did a Teresa Caputo on someone. This girl, I said, do you mind if I sit here? There's an extra chair. No, no, no. Go ahead. Blah, blah, blah. We started talking. All of a sudden, you know, I'm feeling, I call my Teresa Caputo, biting my lip, and I'm like, oh, God, here it goes. I said, I started talking to her. I said, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, and I started reading her. She never believed in it before. I was right on the money. She started to cry. She goes, thank you. She goes, oh, my gosh. And then I started to say, well, I also wrote a book, and she saw my maiden name on the book, which is M. She goes, and she says, are you related to Melissa M.? I said, uh, yeah, she's the editor of my book. It turns out she was also a teacher. Melissa's also a school teacher. She goes, I teach with Melissa. I work at the same school with her. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I didn't know this girl, like I've said before, like from Hole in the Wall. I just felt compelled to read her uh, for whatever so, reason. It was, it, sorry, so it that, was not a co- that was not a coincidence. That was a connection. No, it was meant to be, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was it's very that's probably one of the only times or the first times that I ever did anything. I've done it a couple times since, but it was like I felt like I had to do it, you know, and it's like for whatever reason, you know, it's not something I would go out every day, I'd be in the supermarket and say, "Hey, you know, you know, your grandfather's over there," like Teresa does. You know, it's not something I would do on an everyday, you know, every uh, you know, commonly every day. So um, I just found that weird because that's really never really happened to me before, and it's been very recent that it happened a few months back, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I thought I don't know whether that was like a sign. Should I be more open? And the more I've been open to it, the more things were happening, and I'm able to do it. And um, but like I said, my my concentrations want to be on. I have three more books coming out too, and want to finish them and 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 help my other you know uh, sisters in grief, you know. So exactly. this is not exactly. this is not really the total calling you know if it happens it happens so and I want to let people know that so you know don't ask me if it's meant to be I'll give it to you <laughs> you know like like mm-hmm. with Sky that they we were just talking and I all of a sudden started going in well said names and I'm um, feeling things and you know I didn't yeah. set out to read her yeah it just happens you know yeah I'm I'm just as amazed as the person that I'm reading to be honest with you at times I'm like wow is this live or memorex you know is this real you know I yeah. think any medium that has the ability we question ourselves every reading you know is this what what's happening here you know and I've heard that from you know some friends that that are kind of couple that are pretty well known mediums have said the same mm-hmm. thing I question it every time I do it you know um Sometimes you do get scared, you know, of it. I'm not as afraid of it, but, uh, you know, like you said, when when Tim appeared to you, it's like, oh, my God, am I I really losing it this time, you know? Well, it it also jarred, the shock kind of jarred me back to memories as a child, like memories that I had forgotten about all the things that happened to Mm -hmm. me as a child. You know, you just, you know, as a child, that's your whole life, but as you move forward Mm -hmm. into adulthood and you're you're getting a career and job and education and stuff, those things kind of fade away and it brought everything back just right into it. Well, how do you handle um being that you don't practice uh being a medium really. 
Um, how do you handle people where I've gotten actually bashed about it? Like, you know, starting to tell me, you better go back to your Bible. How do you handle, like I tell them, I grew up in the church, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, and what have you, what have you. And it's like, well, you can't possibly because you're not doing things in the light, you know. How do you handle that with people? I mean, what would you, if you were me, what would you say to people? How, I mean, have you ever had that happen to you, If people that you have opened up to, uh, even close people? Have you ever gotten put down for it or, or, or you know? Um, had the Bible stuck in your face and you better go back and read this, you know? No. How do you, no, how do you I, handle I, something like that? I haven't, but okay. what I would, the way that I handle things like that is I simply wouldn't engage to begin with, that, that mm-hmm. I have no interest, you know, that, that I'll let people, I'll respect people for whatever their beliefs are or how they're, mm-hmm. the path that they're on, but I don't feel obligated to explain myself to people in any kind yeah. of way or to stand up for myself. It's like, I know who I am and what I am. And so I just don't, uh, I'll just say thanks for sharing. You know, it's just, I'm not mm-hmm. interested in engaging with people. I don't Yeah, that, it's with... happened on regular Facebook to me. Like, I'll put the radio show up and I've had people like, oh, why are you doing this, it. you know? And I've actually had to a couple times delete people from my page because they got sure. to the point of you actual, they weren't acting like so-called Christians themselves, harassing No, you don't want harassing. to, um, of course you don't. No, I didn't want to engage in it. I said I had a cease and desist at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I said I wasn't going to get into a war or, or a, uh, 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 you know, he said, she said, you know, said, and this is the way it is, you know? So I, sometimes you just have to kind of walk away from people like that. I've yeah. found, I mean, um, for me, I'm always, as, as a therapist, I'm always curious as to why people are asking the questions. And so oftentimes yeah. if I don't, if, I'll, I'll, if I don't want to answer people, I'll ask them a question and I'll answer with a question and I'll say, well, what makes you ask or what's your interest in Exactly. Well, well it's kind of ironic because the one woman that did this to me was all psyched about my page and my show was coming up. And she goes, it, it was kind of like the, the kid in, in, in the spelling bee, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And she she called, I guess, into the radio show the first night I was on. And I had quite a few callers that I couldn't get to everybody. It was my first show. And then she started almost like a child lashing out. It's like, well, how do you know this happened? Your TV's turning off and your light's turning off. And how do you know it's not something wrong with the electric or the cable and blah, blah, Because there wasn't. You know, other things were happening, too. But to me, it was kind of lashing out because I didn't read her. I didn't give her a reading because she wanted her mother to come through. But now, all of a sudden, she's a Christian. You shouldn't do these things. So it was kind of, you know, uh, she was being hypocritical, you know. And uh, so I'm like, okay, so I guess from a psychology point of view, it's like, well, read it, Peg. Read into it, you know. She's acting, you know, acting out like a child would act out. It's like, I didn't get my way, so now I'm going to hit you from another end, you know. And that's the way I kind of felt. And I said, well, I have to let people go because I don't need that energy sucked out of me. I don't, I'm not going to be combative back to her and say, well, look, at you know, you have your beliefs. God's given you free will. He's given me free will. You interpret the Bible your way. I'll interpret the Bible my way. I am not putting you down for what you believe. And please don't put me down for what I believe, you know, or what I see or feel or what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But anyhow, so um, tell us more. You, you have another book coming out uh, following this. Is it coming out shortly or – uh, we have about uh, nine minutes left, or ten minutes yeah. left, and uh... Uh, it's a book specifically about um, transforming grief. And mm-hmm. grief, grief was sort of the common denominator of the last book, since it's something that we all 
um, have in common. You know, in spite of yes. our variety of human life, we all we're all going to be subject to grief sooner or later. Death and taxes. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I'm. I'm not writing as an expert on grief because I don't think there's any such thing. I think each new loss mm-hmm. or transition or grief is a brand new one that starts almost all over again. And we learn some things from it, but mm-hmm. um, we never become an expert on it. So this is not a book about being an expert on grief or a how-to kind right. of thing. But it's more mm-hmm. um, like a, it provides a companionship for people to read about their mm-hmm. grief. So a lot of it is coming out of my own obviously my own grief experiences. I've experienced seven um, losses or transitions in this past year of family and friends, including right. my patients. And um, my my own, my mother is transitioning now, as you see. Um, yes, I'm so, so, you know, I'm sorry to hear about her, her issues going on right you know, now. So there's, a, there's a lot of, um, of my own personal energy into this, but this is that... My my hope or my intention, the agenda, is to provide some kind of comfort. Right. Um, it, because grief is so hard, it feels so horrible that we're just looking for a sense of relief um, mm-hmm. in some kind of a way. And so this book is there just to just to not solve anything or cure anything, but just to provide sort of a companion. Just to be understanding and, and and be able mm-hmm. to. I found when I talk to other parents, being that I can talk to them on a one on one and. You know, of course, all our experiences are different. I've talked to some that have lost their only child. I've talked to others that have multiple children and other losses like myself. And I can give them a common denominator there that I experienced. And, for instance, I did a show on what to say and what not to say to a grieving parent, like, well, you have others. Well, yes, I do. And my answer to people when they say that to me is, which one of your children would you trade in? They were all different. So, you know, just some common sense things like, you know, be be understanding of people, you know, and, and, and um, um, you know, be a little bit more compassionate. That's, that's yeah. my big thing at this point and, and what have you. So, This book also is, is um, its intention is to help the person who's grieving and reading this book to develop self-compassion, to take care of themselves. And also, mm-hmm. rather than to be able to get away from grief. This book helps people how to develop a deeper, authentic relationship with their grief because grief is transformation. Mm -hmm. It's fear, it's faith that's trying to unfold. I always like to say that faith is fear unfolding. And Mm -hmm. fear keeps us stuck. But if we can get it unstuck, it will unfold into something positive. And grief will unfold into something positive, believe it or not, which sounds kind of crazy. No, it's true, it's true. I think we're, at one point we were all afraid of our own immortality, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's yep. what I say. I think, and I've told other parents this, that uh, I'm not a psychologist, you are, but uh, um, I've told them that, you know, mostly when people walk away from you, especially after losing a child and what have you, it's their own, the, the, the word again, fear, their own fear of their own mortality. And, you know, we seem to grow to a different level. I found, talking to other parents, and, and I know myself, that you have two choices. People go, how do you do it? You do or die. You know, what am I going to do, take my life by other kids? You know, no, it doesn't end. You have to kind of grow from the experience. The, the human aspect, of course, is it's a killer at times, emotional killer, you know. You might have seen that movie called What Dreams May Come. Um, no, actually, I haven't. No, it's a beautiful movie. It has Robin Williams in it of all people. But 
um, they suffer, this couple suffers the loss of their two children, and his wife, um, her grief makes her, um, carries her down into such a quick descent into clinical depression that eventually she takes her own life and then mm-hmm. she wakes up on the other she wakes up on the other side and she's in a very very dark place on the other side to the point where all of Robin then Robin Williams transitions and his guides tell him like she's lost there's no way she's too deep her grief has taken her too deep um, really and and Robin but Robin Williams actually goes on this quest to save her and what saves her is his love and that's what wow. will save us one of the most important things that I've heard um, in this past year, I was at a, a physical mediumship um, uh, seance, several seances up in Lilydale over the summer with a very famous medium from Germany where mm-hmm. spirit people act- actually, an ectoplasm actually materialized in the room and you can talk with people. And one of the main spirit guides talked about grief and he said that grief is very real and we're not saying don't have your grief and don't grieve. Yes, of course you must grieve, but it has to stop. Mm-hmm. It can't go on. And he said the way that you can change the nature of grief is to use your love to leave the grief and do this yes. for yourself and for your loved ones, that love can be strong enough to leave the grief. At some point we have to leave it. We have to leave it behind. And mm-hmm. but grieve as much as you can, of course, and have those feelings, which... But move forward, you have to go on know, living with the living. You know, you can grieve. Yeah. And, and the people yeah. that so it's like, movie, how do you do it? Oh, well, I can still go to karaoke. Fun. I can still have fun. You know, I have my private moments. The, the, I, we call oh, in the yeah. grieving parents with angel anniversaries and things like that I, from my human side. But you know what? Sometimes I have to leave that behind and go out and enjoy life still. And so, it's, I'm not I'm not discrediting that I or or, or forgetting yeah. that I ever had my two children, you know. But you have yeah, to go on living. If people if people wanted to, um, there's lots and lots and lots of books as you know out there about about yeah. all of this, and it goes on and on. But one of the books that I always wanted to see written, which was never written, was I always wanted to know what were these mediums in you know the early 1800s and mid 1900s? What were they thinking and feeling, and what was their experience like? And no one ever mm-hmm. really asked them or wrote a book about it until recently this um, award-winning journalist in Australia named Scott Podmore just mm-hmm. released a book through Hay House called Conversations with Mediums. And wow. it, he, he secured these exclusive interviews with some of the most well-known mediums in the world, um, including John Edwards, Lisa Williams, Van Prague. Uh, Carrie mm-hmm. Alexander, some very well-known mediums, and mm-hmm. he interviews each medium, and they talk about um, their practice, their procedure, their philosophy, their experience, their theories, everything. And wow, um, um, there's there's a, somehow there's there's a few other mediums too who aren't aren't well known, and one each medium has their own chapter, and one of the chapters is with me and Tim. Scott interviewed me and Tim, so we're in this really amazing book because the reason that I bring it up is not because Tim and I are in it, but because of all these other people because I was astounded by the the variance, like the variety of just mm-hmm. across the board of the differences between people and mm-hmm. and how it all, all works in some way and how... Um, love comes through and how comfort comes through. And that's the main thing. Way. Love yeah. is the answer. That's the love main the thing, answer. yeah. But I would We're down to um, about a minute, a minute and a half. Okay. Um, 
But I would, you know, I'd love to have you back on the show to discuss the book more. Would would that be okay at some point? Absolutely. Um, okay, and, and I'd like to wish everybody, you know, a happy Passover and happy Easter. Yeah, and, and I'd like um, to um, wish a happy anniversary to Sky and Indy, since today is the oh, anniversary yes, of yes, Indy's transition. Yes, yeah. Sky, thank you for coming on, and thank you oh, for sending August you. to me. And oh, uh, um, I wish you love and light. And um, you know, have a great weekend. And, uh, and you know, August. I, I, yeah, you. yeah. It's just for both. Well, we're down to our last minute again. This is August. Go forth. Um, his book is the Risen. Uh, look for his other books coming out. And uh, I'd love to be back on, like I said. And I thank you again, uh, Sky and August. I thank you. And um, it was a great show. I can't wait to go back and listen. You can hear my archives at any time. So um, they're ready in about two minutes after the show. If you want to go back and listen to the show. Okay. So thank you again. Love you both. My pleasure. Okay. Love you too. Okay. Have a great night, you guys. Okay. Thanks again. Bye bye. Good night. Bye bye. Okay, I'd like to say uh, this is Peg Anisi. Uh, my book is Rainbows, Butterflies, One Last Hug. Again, August's book is The Risen. Um, appropriate title for this this week of um, of, of the Easter holiday. And uh, I'd like to bid you all good night and have a happy holiday. Thank you. Have a good night now. Bye bye.